Deuteronomy chapter 8. then from Deuteronomy chapter 8. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whither thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a, as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandment of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten, and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments, and his judgments, and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten, and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwell therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents, and scorpions, and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee uh, to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou, shalt, uh, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods to serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations 
which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. May God have his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. The Lord in his fatherly wisdom and care over his beloved children <coughs> orchestrates various times and occasions, the various circumstances in his children's life uh, such that he might sanctify his saints. We all know this. As Christians, we go through various seasons of life. Times of affliction, times of prosperity, times of persecution, times of blessing, etc. The nation of Israel was in a transition period. They were about to move from a time of affliction in the wilderness to a time of prosperity as they came into possession of the land promised to their fathers. And it is at this transition point that the Lord would counsel them by the words of Moses to beware. Beware. Brethren, what we must recognize is that prosperity is not always blessing. And though we may live in a very prosperous nation, even coming off of a holiday to celebrate our thanksgiving, we also recognize that perhaps the prosperity of our nation has actually done more harm than good. He would counsel them to beware, lest their time of prosperity would turn to their forgetfulness, unfaithfulness, and ingratitude. So Moses here directs them at the beginning of the chapter, uh, verses 1 through 6, to two great means for their continued faithfulness and gratitude to the Lord as they come into the promised land. The first one, as we have heard many times, is all the commandments which I command thee this day shalt ye observe to do. This commandment is common to what we've already heard, but it is given in such a way as to stir them up to more earnest and cheerful obedience. The Lord adds to the promise, uh, adds to this command the promise that if they should continue in all the ways which he directs them, that they will continue in the land. That this state that they are about to enter into will continue. Again, we remind ourselves that it's not a promise as if it's a quid pro quo transaction, as if some sort of, you know, this, this covenant keeping necessarily leads to these promises being fulfilled. But we recognize that it is in a kind condescension of our Father to give us positive enforcement uh, by giving us encouragements and those things that would urge us on to greater and greater obedience. And this command frames the entire discussion. Think about it in verses, uh, in verses 1 and 6 in this first section, and then multiple times in the next section, we will, he will talk about, are you obeying my commands? The second thing that he gives them uh, as a great means is to remember the way that the Lord led them through the wilderness in verses 2 through 5. <clears throat> the second great means is that of remembrance. Remember how the Lord, as a loving father, chastised and disciplined them as in his providential and merciful dealings with them during their time in the wilderness. He did this to humble them so that they might know what was in their heart to prove them whether or not they would keep the commandments of God or no. They went through many different afflictions. He lists here hunger, right? He lists, um, let me see here. 
suffered, uh, you suffered hunger, uh, you wanted raiment. And these two things were given that he might know what was in their heart, that, they, that it would reveal the inner workings of their heart and cause them to seek after greater and greater obedience. Were we murmuring today? Let's not do that. Let's seek after the Lord greater sanctification that we might, instead of murmuring, rejoice that the Lord has protected us and provided for our needs. That he has delivered us out of the land of bondage and is bringing us into the land, promised land. What we have to understand is that these times of affliction, you know, if we consider them as, as like a jeweler would uh, take pictures of a jewel. He sets a jewel against a black background that the brilliance of the jewel may shine much more brightly. It is in those times of affliction when all else seems dark that the brilliance of the mercies of God shine forth with all their magnificence. But what happens if you take away the darkness and everything looks chipper? The brilliance is lost unless we remember. Okay. So the first thing is you suffered hunger, the Lord fed you with manna. Manna was a food which was unknown to man before. It was given in the Lord's mercy. And what is the lesson? That, ye might, uh, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.3b. One thing to recognize here is that the principle of living by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord is not simply restricted to our spiritual life. It is not simply our spiritual life, but it is a principle that applies to the whole man. The word and the power of God uh, is life, both to the soul and the body. It is that which animates us. It is that which nourishes us. Though meat and drink are given by God as a means for our continued life according to God's ordinary providences, is God bound by those ordinary means? Can God nourish us? Can he make manna come down from heaven? Can he bring water out of a rock? Can he cause the Red Sea to divide? Or let's take it back even further. Can God make heaven and earth of nothing? And so does he need food and drink to be plenteous in order to supply for the want of his people? Though we may lack bread and drink, Man's life does not consist in their food, but is sustained and animated by the will of God alone. It is by the power and word of God that men live, move, and have their being, as Paul will say in Acts 17.28. We become less than beast should we tie our sustenance to food and drink and never raise our thoughts to God who feeds and nourishes us with his blessing. Even the young lion waits for the Lord for his meat. And thus, when Jesus Christ contemplates this verse during and, and, and says this verse against the temptation of Satan, it is not simply a spiritualistic platitude empty of all meaning. Why well, I don't need bread. I, I, I'm basking in, in God's word. No, 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 no. Not like the mystics would say. No, what, G, what our Lord is saying there is that it is meet to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. It is, what is 
the one thing that we ought to be seeking in this life? Let me just break it down like this. What is the one thing that we ought to be seeking in this life? To do the will of God in our place and station that the Lord has put us in. To do the will of God in the place and station that he has put us in. Do not be anxious for anything else. The Lord can sustain you with or without means. The Lord can sustain you according to his mercies and his providential dealings with man in such a way that you can't even imagine. He brought manna out of heaven and water out of a rock. He made their raiment not to wither away while they were in the wilderness. And so, if the Lord is able to provide for us in our affliction and does provide for us in our affliction, when we come into prosperity, why would we then turn and say, it was my own arm, it was my own hand that got me this wealth? No, if you got any wealth at all, it was the Lord who gave you the power to get wealth. And thus he calls them to remember. This is the same principle that was employed by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, when he says, all these things happen unto them for in samples. We note that every time we, we have the benefit here of singing the Psalms. Every time we have the opportunity to sing about the Lord's tender mercies toward his people and leading them out of the land of Egypt and bringing them through the wilderness and giving them possession of the promised land, we have opportunities here to consider, to remember, so that we too might make use of this means which Moses is bringing out here in Deuteronomy 8, that we, even in our prosperity or in our afflictions, might remember that the Lord can do more abundantly than we can ever think. And so for the remainder of the chapter, verses 7 through 20, he focuses on the particular temptations that will accompany the time of prosperity they're about to enter. The Lord is about to bring you into a good and plenteous land. A land which, in which they want for nothing. They mention brooks, springs, wheat, barley, wine, uh, figs, trees, pomegranates, oil, olive, honey, iron, brass, gold, silver. And he says, should you continue to walk in the ways of the Lord and remember his paternal care and instruction to them when they were in times of affliction, this will manifest in gratefulness and blessing unto the Lord our God that has given us prosperity in, that, in what we're experiencing. Verses 7 through 10. All these things, if you, are, if you are framing your mind and thoughts correctly, will cause you to leap and to... Be grateful to the Lord with thanksgiving. However, Moses also warns, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Should they fail to remember the Lord both in his commandments and in remembrance of his providential and fatherly care, they will tend toward thinking it was by their hand and their power that they got this wealth. They would begin to put their faith and trust in outward means, which cannot supply anything. They would fail to be thankful unto the Lord for the bounty they experienced. And they would begin worshiping other gods, serving and worshiping them, whether these are idols proper or simply putting their trust in means rather than in the God who makes means effectual. To this threatening, he adds, 
that, and it shall be, if you forget the Lord thy God, if you do not walk after his ways, if you fail to remember his fatherly care, that same land that is spewing out those other idolaters will also spew you out as well. And we see this happening, don't we? We see how quickly they fell back from this. Because, brethren, this is one of the reasons why we ought to be in our word, the Word every day. This is one of the reasons why we ought to constantly refresh ourselves in these things. Because we often forget. Remember. Remember, remember. Thus ends the reading of Deuteronomy 8.